Just 14 games left in the season, and your Cincinnati Reds remain tied for a playoff spot. We'll talk about it all on today's Chatterbox Reds. Happy Friday. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. You know it by now. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game, and that includes weekends. We'll have a podcast on Saturday. We'll have a podcast on Sunday. We'll have a podcast on Monday, keeping you in the loop on all things Cincinnati Reds baseball. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. All right, coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Thursday afternoon's Reds game. I'll let you know where things stand for the Reds in the NL wildcard race. I'll recap some Reds MILB action and preview the Reds' next series, a big one, against the New York Mets. But first, here's what happened on Thursday in the series finale in Detroit. Reds going for a series sweep on the road, but they'd have to do it with a bullpen game. Derek Law was the first pitcher used for the Reds. He did give up a run in the first inning. Sam Mole pitched a scoreless second, and Sam lowered his ERA with the Reds to an even one. Ben Lively was the next pitcher, the bulk pitcher, you would say. And uh, overall, he did fine, all all things considered, uh, given he was coming off the COVID IL, really has not pitched a lot at all of late. He was able to get through four and a third innings, but a two-run home run by Akil Badu that just got over the right field fence made it 3-0. Reds offense, they drew a lot of walks, and they did have several hard-hit balls, but Tiger starting pitcher Reese Olsen took a no-hitter against the Reds into the sixth inning. Reds did break up the no-hitter on a Jake Fraley single, but of course Nick Martini grounded into a double play, one of the Reds' three on the day to uh, hurt that threat. Spencer Steer did, with two outs in that inning, hit his 21st home run of the year, got the Reds on the board at 3-1, to one, but that would be the closest the Reds would get. Tigers put the game away late, including a grand slam against Buck Farmer. T.J. Friedel did hit his 14th home run of the year in the ninth, but the Reds would fall 8-2. Reds now 76-72 and on the season. And here's what David Bell had to say after the game. Yeah, on the road, you get two wins. It's always a good thing. Obviously, um, with every game, you know, meaning a lot to us. We want to go out and win every game. Uh, today got away from us. It was probably a closer game than, than the final score, but in the end, it doesn't matter. We, we lost, but um, so far it was good, good road trip and good series, and we get to keep, keep playing uh, fun, meaningful games and um, go to New York tomorrow. Well, for a third straight day, the Reds got a lot of help around the National League wildcard race. First off, the New York Mets, who the Reds need to stop, stop playing as well as they did the last couple days, they beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 11-1. to The Brewers beat the Marlins 4-2. to And then the Giants were rained out. Giants, they're going to have to play a doubleheader on Saturday, meaning they'll have 13 games in the next 13 days, including four in three days at Coors Field. Tough pitch. Tough ballpark to pitch in for sure. All right, so here is where you're standing sit on Friday morning. Phillies hold the first wild card spot. They have a four-game lead. Cubs hold the second wild card spot. They got a two-and-a-half game lead. And then it's a three-way tie between the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Reds for that third and final wild card spot with the Miami Marlins just a half game behind. And obviously still 14 games to play. 
a lot of movement is still going to happen. But if you're wondering if the season did end today, the Reds would lose the three-way tiebreaker uh, because the Giants would uh, win that one. Reds would lose a head-to-head tiebreaker if it was just the Reds and the Giants, but the Reds would win a head-to-head tiebreaker if it was just them and the Diamondbacks. But again, there's going to be a lot of movement that will happen. Probably unlikely three teams end up tied for a final wildcard spot, especially since the Giants and Diamondbacks play each other. Uh, but we'll see. Cubs and uh, Diamondbacks will play each other this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But again, Reds, three-way tie for the third and final wildcard spot. All right, well, here's myself and Trace Fowler. We went live, Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube, talking about Thursday's game. All right, Nick, Reds lose a pretty decisive battle to the Detroit Tigers on getaway day 8-2. to two. And uh, there's not a whole lot to take away from the day outside the fact that it just wasn't a very good day for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, not sitting here and trying to pawn it off and act like it's no big deal. They all matter. They're all a big deal, Nick. Uh, but unfortunately, today just wasn't a very good day for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, it's uh, another one of these games that we've, we uh, game ends and we go, well, thank God they won the day before, right? I mean, it's that's kind of been what's defined this season is the Reds have won those 50-50 games more often than not. They've had a lot of these stinkers, and uh, that's why the Reds are uh, still playing meaningful baseball, 14 games to play. Yeah, and this is to the point that I was trying to make the other day. It's it's I'm glad I'm glad I guess if you're going to if you're going to give up some runs from a bullpen perspective, which today it was inevitable they were going to give up some runs. They basically covered the whole entire game. But if you're going to give up some runs, then maybe this is the manner in which you give them up. Buck Farmer gives up a grand slam in a moment that, you know, I'm not saying the game was out of the way, but the game for the most for lack of a better term was was pretty much over. Um, so maybe that kind of crosses that off the list of the bucket list things that needed to happen before the Reds make the postseason is that this bullpen was going to give up a run. It's just a matter of when, and today was that day. They lose, you move on. Yeah, I mean, overall, I I think that if if David Bell would have been told that that he'd get through Derek Law, uh, Sam Mole, and Ben Lively uh, through six and a third innings with only three runs allowed, four runs allowed, I mean, overall, that's you know pretty much a win with with kind of what you're going against. Fortunate for the Reds' offense, uh, Trace just couldn't get anything going. They were facing um, a, a Tiger starting pitcher and Reese Olson that came in pitching really well. Um, six innings for him, two hits, one run. He walked four, gave up, se- but did strike out seven. Steer homered, Friedel homered, Ellie walked twice. But uh, I'll kick it right back to you, Trace. I know the offense. Uh, didn't have a great day today from in terms of runs, but it wasn't like the Reds were no hit into this game going into what the sixth inning. It didn't, it felt a lot different than like that Alex Cobb no hitter. Like it felt like the Reds had pretty competitive at bats. They had, I think, drawn four walks through the first five innings. Uh, they had a ton of hard hit balls. And today, just it, it wasn't their day. They were facing a good pitcher who made some really good pitches when he needed to. But overall, I didn't think it was a necessarily awful day from the offense. No, but at some point we're gonna have to put away the old. Um, we're gonna have to put away the old. Let's make ourselves feel better about what actually happened and how many runs we scored and start scoring some runs at a significant pace. And 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 not listen. I'm not suggesting this offense has been horrific, horrific like they like maybe they were uh, a month ago or so um, or whatever that that measurement was at this point. The days are blending together. But I I just. I keep going back to this point. It feels like the offense is going to have to try to 
will us to the postseason at some point because it's just the, the guys that we're running out there. Can we be honest with ourselves? We're not supposed to win a game when Derek Law is the opener. You know, we're not supposed to win a game when the the the, the extended arm is Ben Lively. It's just not. It's not. I don't care who we're playing. You know, I know that everyone's gonna be like, "Well, it's the Tigers. It's the Tigers." Like, I, if we were playing the Rockies with that, I still don't know if we win. It's just this offense is gonna have to score six, seven runs on a consistent basis. I think very soon for them to continue to have the success that I think we all hope for them to have. And two runs a day just ain't going to cut it. Now, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to be super pessimistic about it. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, old man yells at cloud type thing. But there were some chances, and the at-bats during those chances just weren't good enough, I guess. Um, you know, the Tigers gave gave them some life a few times, and they just weren't able to execute. So you, you kind of uh, you, you burn the tape, Nick. That's how I look at it. Let's burn the tape. Let's move on. You got the biggest series of the year coming up with the Mets. We've talked about that at length already on multiple different shows. It's a psychological series, if anything else. If you win, you gain ground. If you lose, you don't. It's as simple as that. I know we're not playing head-to-head battles right now, but it's as head-to-head of a battle as you can get when it comes to this situation we're in. Nick, I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, thankful that this Reds team doesn't face a wild card opponent for the next two weeks, largely because I I just don't think this team's playing their best baseball right now, and I'm hopeful that they're going to find a way over the course of the next two weeks with these some of these inferior opponents to be able to find their footing. I just don't know if it's in the cards, man. I mean, this team has battled and battled and battled and battled. Hopefully they can. I mean, I, I I know it sounds like I'm basically casting them as dead, and I'm not. I'm not. But they do need to find some kind of spark from somewhere, and I just don't know if it continue. Maybe can it still be the bullpen? I mean, I don't know, Nick. It feels like it's the offensive turn to to kind of carry the load. But I don't know how you feel kind of moving in tomorrow. But that's where I'm at. I feel the exact same I felt about the Reds as I felt about 12 hours ago. Uh, like they lost a game today. Like you said, this wasn't a game necessarily that lined up great for the Reds. Neither was yesterday. I mean, yesterday was Connor Phillips going up against a all-star caliber pitcher, and Eduardo Rodriguez and the Reds were able to get a win. So, uh, look, the Reds took care of business in Detroit. Winning two of three is taking care of business. You know who didn't take care of business? The Cubs. They didn't take care of business in Colorado. You know who else didn't take care of business? The Diamondbacks. They didn't take care of business in New York. The Reds took care of business. This one sucks today. Burn the tape. Move on. Beat the Mets. Let's go. I agree. I I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Uh, I, you know, it's this isn't doomsday by any net, by by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not trying to cast it as that. It is not that. Um, but I am hopeful that, that uh, this offense will, st- will just explode is where I'm at. And that kind of leads us into the next point. Reds offense slash the lineup. <sighs> Do we want to go here? I kind of wanted to make this an easy show. Um, <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I do I do think CES has to be kind of that guy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not suggesting. I know he hit into a double play too. but It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell with the way Christian Encarnacion Strand was swinging the bat. It's a tough sell not to have him in the lineup against right-handed pitching, which it seems like CES has been turned into a platoon player. Uh, and I don't, I don't like that. Um, look, it's a tough call. Let's let's not act like this is some giant easy call. 
is let's just let's let's call it exactly what it is. Pretty much, it's, should you play Joey Votto or Christian Encarnacion Strand because of Jake Fraley having to be an exclusive DEH? That's basically what it's come down to. And maybe Jake Fraley will run out of gas, and then this isn't a problem in a couple of days because that's absolutely a possibility, and we're wasting time on this. Uh, but look, it's a tough call. Joey Votto or CES? CES has swung the bat well of late. Uh, Joey Votto did not before he got injured. But h- how do you evaluate both of these guys? Because you have Joey Votto. Who has any idea what he's going to do over the next two weeks? I don't think there's a a single person that can say, yeah, for sure Joey Votto is going to, going to be great. I don't think you can say for sure Joey Votto is going to be awful. We just don't know how serious the the injury is, how, how much he can come back with this late in the season. We also, Christian Encarnacion, Strand is a rookie. He looked great of late, but is that fluky? Like there, This is where you have to really have the the pulse of each of these guys and be able to make the best educated uh, decision. There's not a whole lot of data that you can just, uh, you know, turn to and say, Oh, there it is. Like you have to make the tough decision here. And uh, right now it's, it's just, it's hard to have CES out of this lineup. I think it's as simple as you're dealing with an iconic figure that it's called a spade a spade. It's going to be very difficult to sit and, and, and not play a whole lot, especially when you realize and you know deep down David Bell knows that this is the final two weeks of, uh, of Votto's career in Cincinnati. I think he wants to give him every chance there is to possible to be successful and play. And, you know, I think I'm just going to sit back and let it be. I, I don't I, – I as much as as much as much I'd like to get fired up about it and scream and yell and get mad about the fact that Joey Votto probably doesn't deserve a chance to play every single day um, – I just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go there because I, I, I just, I see both sides of it. I see both sides of it. I really, you know, it's hard to say because, because Joey Votto can get hot. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not like Joey Votto is just a hundred percent a guaranteed out. Although it feels like that maybe uh, of recent, it's that's that's actually not a hundred percent accurate because we've seen it happen before. As soon as you think Joey Votto's dead, he comes back, he hits two home runs in a game. And the next thing you know, the, the, the for a one week stretch, he hits five home runs. I don't know, but it does feel like the reds are in a position where they're, they're, they're going to have to make some decisions in regards to what do they do with Votto? And uh, we'll find out. I don't know, but uh, the, the lineup but, as a whole, I, I feel okay about, I just hope, I just hope they can get off to a better start. That's all. What about the other one? Because there's, there's basically two, big lineup decisions and maybe this is just a one-off day maybe there's something that david bell and the coaching staff and the scouting department saw that said nick martini is a good matchup in this particular day and it just didn't work out well he did have a walk so it wasn't necessarily like he was completely terrible but there's also basically noel v Marte versus nick martini because you have martini playing right field um you had, I don't know, they moved the lineup around, so now I'm kind of confused. Well, Renfro, but, but, I but mean, you, Renfro you is another guy. Well, Renfro's not playing against uh, right-handed pitching, so that's not really, I don't think, anything of of, of concern. But but Noelle Marte, he, he had the hardest hit ball of the day for the Reds today, 108.9 off the bat. He was also really hot. Um, and, and I don't know how much of Marte was all right, well, we got these guys back. He's just, you know, we're going to go with the the veteran guys over Marte or if it was the broken nose or maybe some sort of the combination. But he's another guy that was playing really, really well. It's just, it, it really stinks to have CES and Marte, two guys that you're really counting on in the future that were playing well and they kind of yeah. get taken out of the lineup and pushed to the side. 
And again, I don't know if it's necessarily a completely wrong decision, but it also it does kind of stink. I, I don't know how else to say. No, it. I, I I understand where you're getting at. I know what you're saying. Um, let, let's face it, Hunter Renfro, and I I know you're using the splits example, but I'm just using I'm just talking about ball players in general here. Hunter Renfro, for the most part, has not been much of a good addition uh, to this baseball team. And now it's a very short period of time. We might Hunter Renfro, we might all sing his praises if this team makes the postseason and then he gets hotter in a firecracker and we talk about how Hunter Renfro for the next 10 years. I don't know. Um, you could you could make the small case for Harrison Bader the same way. But here's the thing. Marte, in my opinion, is a big league hitter. He He's a guy that I'd like to see in the lineup every day. And maybe you can convince me it's because of the broken nose as to why he hasn't played lately, and he's just coming back from that. But in general, if if Marte's somewhat okay to play, I'll 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 die on the hill of of Marte playing. I give Martini and David Bell a little bit of a break with that because Martini's been scorching hot. In fact, I would say Mar- Martini's had some of the biggest hits in the Reds' entire season. So I I can buy into the idea. I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. No, they, yeah, I'm not. These are I, tough calls. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. I mean, I, I it's easy to sit back and say, oh, don't play Martini after he goes over two and only walks once. But if you know, he, he he's very much capable of, of of having some big hits. And and in fact, um, to go back to a, a series prior, uh, Martini hit some balls really really hard. They just were outs as well. So I, I I'm not. The only one for me at this point that I have a hard time swallowing, and I hate to say this out loud, but it's probably Joey. That's the one that's the toughest. I just don't think Joey's competitive, and I hate that. But, again, that's here nor there. You're not going to hear me complain about the lineup unless Joey Votto's hitting against a lefty. How about that? Can I make that pact with you? Well, we'll get to find out tomorrow night. <laughs> There's no way he's playing against a left-hander. Reds face uh, lefty on Friday and Sunday. So it honestly might kind of, it's nice that there's not two in a row because that kind of makes, I think David really has a hard time, if I'm being honest, sitting Joey back-to-back days. I think if he says, all right, I had him in Thursday, I'll sit him Friday, I'll put him in the lineup Saturday, I'll, I'll put him in Sunday. And then I guess that gives you a couple more days to play Marte and CES, see how they do against the lefties. You just give him a day off on Saturday in between. And then you see how they do on Friday and Sunday, and then you you make your decision for uh, you know Monday and beyond. Uh, but this is a day to day, really really tough decisions. Uh, I I do not envy David Bell at all on these decisions because it feels like you can't win with almost anything you do with the lineup right now. It just sucks. I wish it could be perfect, but it's just not. And the truth is, is that we're watching things that we were hoping that weren't going to happen. Happen. That's the facts, man. That's the facts. We're watching kids sit on the bench for people that are going to be nobodies to us next year. And 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 and, and maybe it's oversell of saying, you know, those guys need their experience, they need to get at bats. We need to we need to just keep keep trusting this process that is development, 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 development. We've got ourselves caught up in and that's fine. We've got ourselves caught up in, you know, you you're basically playing splits no matter what but then you're not playing splits sometimes because of feelings we're in a tough spot i give david bell i give Alyssa. i give david bell the benefit of the doubt because i know that there's a lot more to it than just say hey play the best player how about that i'll leave it at that 
Talk about Ellie De La Cruz. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Uh, Wild batting eighth today. Got pinch hit for uh, against the lefty. And it looked like the right call, especially. I don't think you need to platoon Ellie De La Cruz. But I do think if it's a situation like there was where you're down three runs, facing a left-handed pitcher in the eighth inning, I think you know bringing in Nick Senzel, a guy who clearly has a better chance of getting on base, and Ellie De La Cruz was the right call there. But Ellie just kind of showed it all today. Like he, he had two really good walks. You know, one was five. He took five balls, right? Right. Stole second base. Was was a big spot in the game. And then he gets picked off. It's just you're getting the whole Ellie De La Cruz experiment. I, I, before you get to, it, I'll just say like I, I just think Ellie's learning things that he was able to get away with in the minor leagues. Like he was able to get away with so many of these little things. And he's finding out you're not able to get away with a lot of them in the uh, uh, in the big leagues. But he's doing some good things. That's a fair I, point. I, he's doing some good things right now. He is hitting the ball hard. I I I don't know. Maybe if he's the Kool Aid, I, I I I think he's got a hot week in him. I think he's got a really hot week here at the end of the year. All right. Uh, I don't have much to add with Ellie. Listen, Ellie's, Ellie's young. I'd like to see him make some more routine plays, but as I said before, he is young. I'll give him a little bit of time to develop. I'm not going to crush this kid. Um, I'm not going to crush this kid a ton until I see more baseball, and I think that hopefully he takes this, this, this... I hope he takes this profession very seriously. I hope Ellie tries to get better. I hope he doesn't just rely on his talents. I hope he doesn't just rely on the God-given abilities that he's had his whole entire life, and I hope he... he he grinds. I hope he be, I hope he turns into a grinder, turns into the ultimate professional, and he becomes a superstar because he has it in him. But he's starting to learn. He's starting to realize to what you said. It takes more than just talent to win at, at the elite levels. And um, hopefully, he's a guy that comes in the next year and he's 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 a better player than he was today. So we'll leave it at that. I don't know what Matt McLean was doing when he was 21 years old. He was playing at UCLA. Maybe he couldn't field routine ground balls as well as he can now. I don't know. Maybe. I'll be honest. But in general terms, worst case scenario for all the people that want to make fun of getting shortstops after shortstops after shortstops, if Ellie proves that he struggles defensively at shortstop for whatever reason, I know, I know he has the unbelievable range and he can do all those things, but Ellie can always shift to another position like third base or something like that if it, if it, if it pans out and... Who knows? Maybe Marte turns into the shortstop or McLean turns into the shortstop and they'll figure it all out. I'm not worried about that. I'm not going to panic about it. But it is a little concerning that he just doesn't look like Matt McLean looks when the ball's hit to him in regards to the fluidity and his ability to make routine plays. He can make extraordinary plays. Ellie can make plays that no other human on earth can make, which is fantastic. But he has like 11 or 12 errors, and that's just not ideal. All right, let's get you caught up on all of the Reds minor league action from Thursday night. Start off with AAA. Little Bats, they lost 6-3 to Durham. The Bats have now lost three straight games, and they are just 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Bats just one game over 500 at 70-69. and 69. Of course, the Bats hoping for their first winning season since 2011, so they're going to have to really pick it up here over the next uh, week and a half. Jacob Herdeby, though, was on base three times, including a double. Herdeby for the season between AA and AAA, he's got a 478 on base percentage. Uh, Kevin Newman, one for four on his rehab assignment. Jose Barrera, one for three, did steal his 17th base at AAA. And then, uh, pitcher worth noting, as the Reds might need some, you know, pitching help here down the stretch, as we'll see 
who's available and all those kind of things. But Brett Kennedy, uh, five innings, four hits, three runs, three walks, six strikeouts. So uh, an okay start for Kennedy. He really got roughed up his last time out. I think he was seven earned runs. So good to see Kennedy somewhat bounce back uh, in case the Reds need to call upon his services again. All right, it was a much better night for Double-A Chattanooga. Lookouts won 10-5 over Birmingham. Win number 69 on the season for Chattanooga. They're 69-65. and And Edwin Arroyo made his Double-A debut, and it was a good one. Three for four with a triple. The 20-year-old uh, set an up-and-down season, but... To, to see him, like I mentioned before, finishing the year at double-A, that is a really, really cool thing. Hopefully he can play well as the lookouts will be playing playoff baseball here in a couple days. Uh, Cade Hunter, he was two for three in his double-A uh, debut as well. Uh, two for three with a walk. Uh, Hunter was the 2022 fifth-round pick. He's a catcher, so uh, good to see him make a strong debut along with Royal. Blake Dunn was 0 for 1. He left the game I could not find out why he left the game. Um, I know he's got ejected a lot, so <laughs> maybe that had, maybe that was what happened uh, on Thursday night. All right, Reds' big series against the New York Mets. Uh, Reds seventy six and seventy two. Mets sixty eight and seventy eight. Uh, the Mets, however, they just won three in a row. Of course, those were all against the Diamondbacks, which were very helpful uh, to uh, the Reds. Hopefully the Mets got all their runs out against the Diamondbacks. But that's they're playing pretty decent baseball, just like the Tigers. Another team, maybe the record doesn't look all that good, but they are playing uh, pretty decent baseball of late. Mets 8-5 and five in their last 13 games, and they're actually 16-13 and 13 all the way back to August 13th. Mets also 38-30 and 30 at home. They've been a pretty good home team. And if you just look at the run differential, this is what makes the Mets scary. They have a better run differential at minus 19 than the Reds, who are minus 41, the Diamondbacks, who are minus 33, and the Marlins, who are minus 60. Mets offense playing really well as well. They have the second-best OPS in the National League at 831 in the month of September. Uh, Reds will get a break, though. They do miss uh, Kode Senga, who was dominant against the Diamondbacks on Thursday, the Reds will also get a gift because Senga's next start lines up to be against the Marlins. Hopefully that'll help the Reds out. All right, let's go through the pitching matchups for the series. First Friday night, 7-10 start, Hunter Green against uh, the lefty David Peterson. Uh, then Saturday, Andrew Abbott against uh, Tyler Megill. And then Sunday, Brandon Williamson against Jose Quintana. Saturday's games at 7-10, Sunday at 1-40. Some notes on the Reds and Mets history. Reds did take two of three from the Mets uh, back in uh, early May. Uh, Francisco Alvarez and Pete Alonso each hit two home runs in that series, uh, but the Reds did hold the Mets to just eight runs over the three games. Uh, the last season series win for the Reds against the Mets, though, was all the way back in 2013. So, of course, if the Reds could win two of three in the series, they would get their first series season series win against the Mets since then. Running through the Mets' projected lineup, first you have Brandon Nimmo. He ranks 13th in the National League in on-base percentage. Uh, typically batting seconds, Francisco Lindor. Uh, 26 home runs, a very dangerous hitter. Also really efficient on the base pass. 26 stolen bases, just two caught stealings. And he is still absolutely elite defensively. Hitting third typically is Pete Alonso, 44 home runs. 
That's second best in the National League. He's got the most home runs in baseball since 2019. Uh, they got a guy hitting cleanup named DJ Stewart. Uh, kind of a uh, was a first round pick for the Orioles back in 2015, uh, but uh, never really panned out with them. But he has been on fire of late, hitting 304, nine home runs, OPS over a thousand over the last 30 days. Uh, Jeff McNeil has struggled this year, down year for him. Uh, he typically bats fifth. Typically batting six for the Mets is Ronnie Mauricio. Uh, you probably heard his name before. He's been a top prospect for a long time. Finally got the call up. Uh, he's made 10 games, played in 10 games so far for uh, the Mets. Hit his first home run against the Diamondbacks earlier this week. Uh, some some parallels with Ellie De La Cruz. They actually played for the same team in the uh, Dominican Winter League this past um, offseason. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see maybe the dynamic between those two guys in the series. Uh, Mets also have Mark Vientos, uh, Francisco Alvarez, and Brett Beatty. Um, three other really talented prospects. Alvarez has had a pretty good year behind the plate um, and he's showed a lot of power. Beatty and Vientos have struggled uh, pretty pretty mightily this year, but definitely still some talented players uh, for sure. All right, let's look a little bit more into Friday's starting pitching matchup. Uh, David Peterson, a lefty on the mound for the Mets. He started the season in the Mets rotation, got demoted, Recalled, demoted, and then called back up again for good on June 27th. But since he's been back, he's been really good. He's got a 3.42 ERA in 16 games, 10 of those starts. Uh, So his 5.34 ERA you might see for the whole year. Maybe a little bit deceiving. Uh, He's made two career starts against the Reds. Does have an ERA of 9. And then back on May 9th, uh, Reds actually... uh, uh, got four runs on seven hits in just three and a third innings. Nick Senzel, who's red hot of, of late against everyone, is three for three with a home run against Peterson. And then for the Reds, Hunter Green, uh, his last two starts, there was a big break in between them, but uh, 2-0, and 11 and a third innings pitched, no earned runs. That's a zero ERA, 15 strikeouts, five walks. So Hunter Green pitching maybe his best baseball of the year. Uh, career against the Mets, he's 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA. Uh, back on May 10th, though, five and a third innings pitch, gave up just two earned runs against the Mets. And Hunter Green, he's never pitched in Cine Field or in New York City, never faced the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So uh, cool to see Hunter Green get a chance to pitch in New York. All right, let's take a look at the NL Wild Card schedule for Friday. Uh, kicks off at 6:40. The Marlins they are hosting the Braves, so hopefully the Braves can keep uh, their domination all year going uh, against the Marlins. They play a lot of teams. The Reds are uh, fighting with Bryce Elder on the mound for the Braves against Johnny Cueto for the Marlins. Then the rest of their games that we're keeping our eye on are later 8:40. It'll be the Giants at the Rockies. Logan Webb on the mound for the Giants against the former Red. Chase Anderson, then at 9.40, the Cubs at the Diamondbacks, Uh, Justin Steele going for the Cubs, Uh, Brandon Fott going for the Diamondbacks, probably better if the Cubs win in this series, but again, as long as the Reds take care of business against the Mets, overall, it's a good thing for the Reds because they will pick up a game on someone and not lose ground on anyone else, of course, if they 
If the Reds lose on Friday night, you definitely, definitely want the Cubs to win so the Reds aren't losing too much ground. But exciting times for sure with the Reds. 14 games to play. Can't wait to see this. Uh, how this all unfolds. Definitely going to have a lot of nervous energy watching each of these 14 games the rest of the way. Of course, we'll be live. Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube in the ninth inning on Friday night. Probably be around 9 o'clock or so. So make sure you are subscribed, of course, to Chatterbox Sports and you have notifications turned on so you don't ever miss when we go live. Of course, Off the Bench, 10 to noon on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Make sure you check that out. They will be, I'm sure, discussing a lot with their their uh, college football and pro football picks for the weekend, so make sure you tune into that. And then if you haven't checked it out yet, Chatterbox Bengals, similar to what we do here at Chatterbox Reds, they'll be going live after Ravens Bengals on Sunday, so make sure you check that out. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. That really helps us out. And thank you so much to everyone who stuck with us all year. This has been an incredible season. This has been so much fun uh, doing this every day and get to interact with so many uh, great Reds fans. Uh, Just don't want this ride to end. All right. Well, have a great weekend, everyone. And as always, go Reds.